Hello, welcome to a special episode of Hip Hop Writers Room. I have Robert with me. Hello. Uh, Robert wanted to talk about The Northman, so here we go. Uh, the Northman, uh, from visionary director Robert Eggers, comes The Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. Uh, yeah, I was planning on seeing this at some point soon, and then Robert was like, hey, I want I want to talk about it. It's like, let's do it. Um, you know, I figured that's one of the things I can uh, express my gratitude for him, uh, being a fellow editor. It's a pop. It's just when he's like, I want to talk about it. It's like, let's do, let's do it. So, uh, the the Northman stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, uh, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor Joy, uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, that's that's your big hitters. Robert Eggers, director of The Lighthouse and The Vivitch. Um, I haven't seen The Witch. I have seen The Lighthouse. I hate it. Uh, so. so that was the first thing I was going to ask was whether or not you'd seen either of his other movies. No, I haven't seen The Witch. I remember wanting to and then just not doing it. And The Lighthouse came out. I was like, I don't want to watch another movie by that guy. And then now I'm maybe interested in seeing it. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Robert, why don't you kick us off by um, saying whether you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, think it's just okay. And then explaining like... What was that thing that really made you want to be like, I want to talk about this? Uh, I love it. Uh, I published my review right before we started recording the previous episode that we recorded, which comes out after this. Um, but I, yeah, I love it. I, for most of it, I was liking it. And then by the end, I was, uh, I was won over to the loving it side. And the main reason I wanted to talk about it was, just to bounce ideas off of someone else, to have a conversation off of someone else about how they uh, interpreted the ending, what you so you what you think of the ultimate message. So obviously, most well, of I that. I didn't think that be, was up for debate. All right, that'll be fun. Well, because <laughs> I'm well, yeah, Obviously, mo- that will mostly be kept until the spoiler section. Um, I think there's a lot of very obvious on the surface messaging being done, but I, there's one thing I was uh, just uh, okay. I no, that stuck with me. That was like. Hmm, I wonder what other people think about this. Yeah, uh, I'll also go in the Levitt camp. Uh, I really enjoyed this. And what's what's remarkable to me is I remember not being very excited for this movie to come out because I'm like, it kind of looks like your your typical, it, it looks like The Revenant with Vikings. Yeah. Um, or as we talked about in the podcast, that it was Lion King, um, but in Vikings instead of with lions, which would really be Hamlet. In which Viking would be time. Hamlet with lions. <laughs> You're right. Well, Hamlet with Viking time. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, because Lion King's Hamlet. Well, Lion King is Hamlet with lions. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's just, you know, um, father is king, uh, uncle kills the king, and, you know, so then the young boy grows up to be a man to then kill the uncle. Like, it's like, yeah, and and that's kind of what the story is, but it did some, a lot of things that I was just like, oh, I'm happy it did that. Oh, I'm happy it did that. I'm Mm -hmm. happy it did it this way. And so it just wound up being one of those, like, I, I had a really good time. Uh, I loved the the choreography. I love the cinematography. I think this movie yeah. is probably the most visually gorgeous movie there's been since Dune, um, which I know isn't that long Could ago, be. but like Dune is impressive. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I know I know we both really like Nightmare Alley, especially with cinematography. But like this is like to the scale and scope of Dune. Right. Um, it's yeah. Lots of lots of really long like mountain shots with like tiny people moving across the bottom of a screen and it's just gorgeous. So Mm -hmm. um, there's lots to love about this movie. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of is your generic revenge story, which is maybe the one thing holding you back, but it's, it's unique enough. I don't think it's your generic revenge story. That's why I love it. Well, in terms of story structure, but in terms of story structure, it does enough things with, with the culture and with mythology and um, with visuals that 
it was enough for me to go to go. This isn't just another revenge story. This mm-hmm. is it. Sure, its structure is, but this is absolutely a great movie worth checking out. So, um, so yeah. So did, <laughs> I did some reading on it. Not very extensive, but I did a little bit, and I didn't realize that Hamlet was based off of the the legend of this character of Amleth, who Alexander Skarsgård plays, and this one okay. is a Skarsgård. Um, <laughs> uh, and I didn't even notice this, but take the name Hamlet and move the H to the back and you have Amleth, which uh, that's all that Shakespeare did to to adapt his story into Hamlet. You heard it um, here first. Shakespeare's, Shakespeare's a fraud. <laughs> Shakespeare's derivative. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't really know where to start. Um, I do want to say like I was, I knew this one could go either way for you because Robert Eggers, like mm-hmm. Robert Eggers seems to be in the same vein as like David Lowry and uh ari aster and you know that that kind of a24 listen made. people that i'm not big fans of well actually right. i like ari aster i haven't seen midsommar but i loved hereditary mm-hmm. sure it's so like I, I was nervous i didn't know what kind of conversation we were gonna be having but i'm glad that you really liked it um it definitely is very gorgeous like i noticed at one point there's this one shot of like a group of people just walking from right to left or left to right on the screen and you could almost not even notice them because of how little of the screen they're taking up. And there's just like mountains and vistas and the sky and all that. Um, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, it feels like every shot is just meant to be the most gorgeous one. Like even like a simple shot that sh- and there's a lot of long takes here. There's not quick cuts. Mm-hmm. So like one of the shots that most impressed me was um, when we first meet Amleth as a, as a man and he's rowing on a, on a ship with Vikings and the oh, camera yeah. like comes out of the woods after one ship yeah. comes and it's on the second and then it's just like on the boat and it's like, and then it just like tracks to his face. Like it's a long shot and it's like, you have to time it perfectly. Like I'm sure that was a pain in the butt for the crew, but I was thinking about great. that one too. That is absolutely bonkers to me how they even pulled that off. Well, it had to be like a crane or something. And there's, there's a shot from the trailer too. That's one of my favorites, but it's when they're, when they're going up to storm the camp right after that. Mm-hmm. And they're all like sneaking up with all their, like uh, the pellets hanging arm. over them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like somebody spots them and throws a spear and this is all one take them crawling through the forest. And then somebody goes, ah, and then he throws a spear and then he just like grabs it, turns around and throws it back at the guy and kills him. Like, and then goes to breach the, like it's all one take. And it's, there's that lots take is in, insanely long like you said it starts when they're crawling in the in the in the forest and they're crawling up the wall by the way he crawls up the wall with one axe and he <laughs> makes it to the top and, and scales yeah. the wall and then there's like the whole ravaging of the little village or whatever you call it yeah and then it finally cuts it's just like how there's- much planning had to go into that well, so this is the thing that I'm talking about where it's like, this isn't just your typical action film because yeah. it's it's so gorgeous and it's so methodical and it's so just intentional in every single thing. And yeah, I, I just, I loved it. So I, I think I'm going to stop there for like non-spoiler stuff, just because I really want to like anything that's going to deviate. I want to be able to just talk about more, but ultimately like, I really like this movie because it's a gorgeous looking simple tale with really interesting Norton elements in it. So, yeah, I will say one last general spoiler thought before we change or before we go over is that um, if you are, if you're like Aaron and you're listening and you've seen the lighthouse and or the witch and you're like, yeah, that's just not something I'm interested in. This is by far Robert Eggers's most accessible movie. Right. Um, It's still got his signature, like, Everything is meticulous, and the the language is very thick Nordic, Icelandic, uh, Viking speak. 
But Willem like, Dafoe is a crazy person. <laughs> well, that's the most, that's the, what you expect from Willem Dafoe um, <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the most accessible. It's like not a weird story. You know, it's like, like you said, it's for the most part, uh, a basic revenge flick with some excellent twists. And it doesn't feel pretentious at all. And it's like filmmaking and anything. And no. like, like the lighthouse, everything about it feels pretentious. Mm. So which is why I didn't. Yeah, I, I get that. I like The Lighthouse. I like all three of his movies. Yeah. Um, but I definitely get the it feels pretentious <laughs> idea about it. Um, I didn't want to cut you off. If there's more things you wanted to talk about, um, just like kind of up, up top, because I think I kind of cut you off when I was started mentioning shots. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm just looking through my notes. I don't think there's anything else that's uh, spoiler free. Other than just like, uh, there was an interview where Robert Eggers said he was kind of averse to making a Viking movie just because of its, you know, the macho stereotype behind it. And it's just like mm-hmm. revenge, action, blood, guts, you know, whatever guys like us go and say like, yeah, that's awesome. But it's very anti alpha male by the end. and breaks down that idea. And I really enjoy that part about it. Yeah, I guess, I guess I wanted to make one more note. It's just, we should mention the performances. They're all great mm-hmm. across the board. Um, Willem Dafoe's not in it as much as I thought he would be, especially because I, I had a weird day because I watched Last Temptation of Christ and then I um, saw the Northman, Northman and then we recorded on Last Temptation and now we're recording on the Northman and I was also hoping to see Unbearable Wake of, Weight of Massive Talent after this. Which that's I'm not going to get around to that, but I was just like, what a weird combination of stuff for the day. And you're like, well, you'll see a lot of Willem Dafoe penis. And I guess I was expecting him to be in it longer. I was expecting like maybe the final volcano battle to be Willem Dafoe versus mm. it, it, uh, that's not a spoiler, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't think so. I guess because um, no. like it was in the trailer. Well, the final volcano, but I was more so saying just that it's oh, not who it is. Yeah. yeah um anyway so but like he he's really good um the alexander skarsgård is is really good uh in this role i i totally buy him as this viking guy Mm -hmm. especially when he has to just like grunt or make animal like he's he's totally committed he does that typical grizzly voice you know just like talking like this the whole time you know and and a man of few words you know um because he's just hellbent on one thing and anya taylor joy is great and mm-hmm. uh nicole kidman is is so 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 good um you know i w- she would, has a standout scene she has a standout scene that i was just thinking like i would not be mad if she winds up getting a best supporting actress nomination out of this i don't think it'll happen because we're still so early in the year but i also saw um one of our sip pop writers nash retweeted something that just said like her one scene in this was better than the entire acting being performance the- and being the ricardos and it's like yeah i mean she it's a little she's given a little bit more to do like it's a it's a very like you're gonna act the crap out of this scene as you know um and you're you're got you gotta be your own thing as opposed to like being the cardos is like yeah. we just want you to be lucille ball she, she does that great so i don't fully agree with nash but she is so good in 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 this in that one particular scene um there's also um the guy that plays full ethan hawk is who like okay. ethan Hawke's another one i wish was in it more but like for story reasons he's obviously not he's like james old jones and mufasa uh, he's, yeah he's mufasa. really good in the time that he has i i guess i just didn't care much for the guy that played fuel near but like you're he's supposed to be like a relatively blank slate stock bad guy um yeah. but intimidate intimidation by muscle and screams and agony and like he does that mm-hmm. uh, he's he's not he's given the least out of all the like main actors to do so he's yeah. he's fine i'm not complaining he's just not like you know i was I thought Anya Taylor-Joy was great. Nicole Kidman was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. 
the last one to mention is uh, Young Amleth is played by the same kid who does. It was Young Bruce Wayne in the Batman. Interesting. Uh, who he doesn't have many scene. He barely has any screen time in the Batman. But does a young Bruce Wayne in the Batman? <laughs> yeah, I think I I heard the same thing, but I think it's like in a in news footage or something like that. But it's the same mm. kid. And what a what a month or two for him in terms of movie releases and in this one showing off his talent. Right. <laughs> As opposed to just, you look kind of like Pattinson. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's make that our turn to, to go to official spoilers here. So we'll talk about anything and everything about the movie for however long Robert desires. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, like I, I don't think there's much going to be much in here that'll really like ruin your experience. But you know, as always, you should check out the movie before listening to spoilers. So yeah. take it away, Robert. So the whole reason I wanted to talk about this at all, um, you're not supposed to root for Amleth, are you? Do you think so? No. And I was thinking that the because the scene at the beginning where he burns the village down, or he helps sack the village and they burn down the barn with all the kids in it. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a Viking through and through, like by the time we meet him, like he's not a likable character. I think we, I think to a certain degree we want him to succeed in uh, we want him to succeed in and at least revenge. freeing his mother. Well, yeah, at least freeing his mother, but also like until until we truly know what goes on, like also killing Fulnir. Like once we find yeah. out that it's that she was the one that ordered him to do it, like I'm kind of okay if he doesn't die, especially once she and the kid are dead. Then it's like okay, like that's good. I mean, you're gonna have to worry about him now, but yeah, you're not. He's the protagonist. But he, he's especially when they get to the scene of him and Anya Taylor Joy, and they find out that she's having twins, and, and they're leaves. going away, and he leaves. It's like, I mean, I I understand why you're leaving, but I don't like that you're leaving. I'd rather like you're a likable character if you leave. You're so I don't know. It's it's one of those that like, and he definitely goes too far with lots of things. Like there's that scene where like he could just choose to kill the friends of the of the eldest son. But then he has to like chop up their limbs and then and then put them in the in the Display like shape of a it. horse on yeah. the side of a barn. Like, yeah, I don't know that we're supposed to be rooting for this guy, but at least in general, I'm on his side. Um, right. I I was on his side in the beginning, in the sense that you're on John Wick's side. It's like, there's been a terrible wrong done against him, and even though I'm not one to take revenge, I understand why he feels he needs to take revenge. You know. Um, but then. When I told when he totally lost me was in the Nicole Kidman scene when she's like I ordered it. Um, I never loved your father. He, it was all political. I actually love Fjolnir. And I was like, oh, so let's uh, change this up. Get it like she's in the right in this case, and especially in the in the uh, context of the history of it, you know, and the uh, the norms of the land at the time. Um, so w- once he's leaving Annie Taylor Joy, who I think is Olga. Once he's leaving mm-hmm. Olga and uh, killing his mother and his half brother and still going after Fjolnir, I'm just like, I, I'm just taking this as a commentary on the machismo spirit now. We're just like, gotta fight, gotta gotta defend my whatever. It's like, no, you could go live a happy life with Olga, well, except there's also the uh, the the prophecy or whatever that right uh, is going to keep coming after him until he's dead. Well, but you wonder like. Call it even. You killed his eldest son, and but he killed. But you killed his dad. Like at that, like you've got your revenge, and especially like yeah, you know his 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 mantra at the beginning is that I will I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will um, I will kill you, Fjolnir. It's like Fjolnir's not the main antagonist, so or at least the cause of of what happened. So like 
you check that off. Uh, and you know, the mother doesn't want to be saved. So check that off. And then mm-hmm. because she's has nothing to be saved from. And then the, right, right. uh, <laughs> and then the, the, I will avenge you father. It's like, you know, a, a life for a life again, like not in modern times. I don't think this is, I don't think this is a good sense of justice, but for the time, yeah, right. Somebody dies and eye for an eye is the way you do it in Viking culture. Like I, it feels fair, but yeah, I mean the, pro- yeah, and you wonder like, gosh, you wonder what happens if he goes away. Do they eventually just, do they call it even and go? But but again, like, our our main character has to go so far as to take out the heart of, I'm going to call him Discount Ezra Miller, because um, he kind of <laughs> looked like him. Uh, <laughs> I, I see it. But but like, he has to take out the eldest son's heart and uh, and then like, try to hide it. It's like, all right, like, if you didn't do that, maybe you guys could just be like, all right, we'll call it good, get out. You know, and the guy that... Uh, the guy that tried to kill the young boy in the forest, like, and then he took off his nose. It's like yeah, that sounds fair. Like, you didn't die. Yeah. And he he doesn't have a nose. Although it was one of my favorite. It was the one moment in the movie where it was when he shoved the the sword through his nose. It's mm. like I got a piece. I want the whole thing now. Like, yeah, let's go. Right against my better judgment, I'm like, all right, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, um, against my better judgment, I'm like you stick that sword in his head, <laughs> <laughs> shove it through his face. <laughs> um, Brick killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, there was a trident, <laughs> stabbed him. <laughs> you, you should probably lay low for a while, just like Amleth should have. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I like the idea of seeing things different as an adult than you do as a kid. Like he sees it as very black and white. Fjolnir killed my dad. And mm-hmm. took my mom, so mm-hmm. he's obviously in the wrong. And my mom needs saving, and he goes and does that. But like, once he finds out that his dad might have been a piece of trash, he can't justify that in his head. He's never done that. Uh, he's never given himself the the space to do that reasoning. Um, and that's kind of why I'm still on the side of Nicole Kidman slash Fjolnir, where it's like this. This was a even though he was displaced immediately <laughs> after taking over. Um, like this was the idea of someone who may be more worthy to do this job than someone who is like the, the political head who is loveless and is out for himself. Um, so I, that's why I ultimately landed on the Nicole Kidman sign. And I thought the movie did too, except for the final shot. So I, I wonder too, because as you're talking about this, about the difference of what we see, I, I think it's very clear. And I think the movie expresses that in the beginning that um ethan hawk is not a good husband because you know they're like you just came back from battle like please have sex with me and, and oh, yeah, like, you, i don't know about you but nicole kidman's like all right I, i'm in like, let's go mm-hmm. um but uh but but for whatever reason ethan hawk doesn't uh well because he's again we later find out she was a prostitute not a bride and then he married her because she had his his kin which like it sounds like he was a bad husband, but I don't know that he's necessarily a bad person or a bad leader. So, like, you would understand the grudge that Nicole Kidman has against him. And since Fjolnir loves uh, the mom, then, like, you know, that that would make sense. Especially, you know, you, I would do anything for love, you know, but I won't do that. Uh, but I will kill my brother. Um, yeah. uh, and his son, uh, which is also <laughs> your son, so, uh, which is my nephew. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there's... I, I don't. I don't know that I read into that as much. I know he's for sure a bad husband. Um, I don't. I don't know that he's a bad person though. He's for sure a good dad, at least when we see. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, so I, I. I choose to read into that more as she's just salty because he's he. They met in unopportune ways or in unideal times, and he 
always had a commitment to something else before her. So he had a, he was a bad husband, and she but like, took that personally. But like you said, he he doesn't go to her. Isn't there a responsibility to your spouse? Like uh, Fjolnir obviously fulfills that responsibility once mm-hmm. they end up getting together. Um, I think it's a it to me that shows his character that maybe he's just a not great guy. It shows his character in terms of their relationship. I don't think you can equate that to just in general how he leads a country. Mm. Um, and if anything, it almost feels more like that. I think of uh, uh, like the uh, Uriah the Hittite from the story King David in the Old Testament, where they come home, where he sends him home from battle. And he's like, "Now go have sex with your wife," because King David's trying to cover up an affair. Right. And he's like, "I'm not going to have sex because my people can't." Like that's a, that makes him a great leader. Him abstaining from his wife like uh, but like ethan hawk doesn't say that no he doesn't and and i don't think that's in his intention but i i don't necessarily know that they i don't know that there's a correlation there i maybe that's just my thing i just I, i'm definitely willing to say he's a bad husband and he should have he should have um you know given into her done their um, marriage duties <laughs> yes he should have had sex with nicole kidman um things you never thought you'd have to say um but he, uh, I don't know that that reflects anything other than just their relationship. So then by the end, like, is the question, is the main question you wanted to get after was, does he go, d- does he go to Valhalla? Cause we don't actually see yeah. him enter. Well, right. Because it shows him riding towards Valhalla. And my whole understanding was that we're not supposed to root for him anymore after the Nicole Kidman scene, when she tells him how everything actually went down. Um, so I was I was honestly expecting Fjolnir to kill Amleth and then just to like go home or whatever um, to subvert the typical Hamlet Lion King story. Um, but instead they <laughs> kill each other in the same blow. And so I, I don't know. Is that saying Fjolnir deserves punishment for unjustly overtaking the, the, the country while Amleth also deserves punishment for his vengeful acts that didn't actually have the merit that he thought they did, but that he carried out anyway. Um, and then my question is like, does he make it to Valhalla? My, the way I was reading it is yes. So why does he still deserve to do that? Even when it seemed like the movie was saying his actions were unjust. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right. Like I totally okay with the movie if it ends with him discovering that they have twins and then he just chooses to sail off. And if Fjolnir comes after him, then he'll, then he'll take care of it because it allows, it allows you to either say like, well, you know, a father for a son, you know, call it equal. Like, yeah. like we, like I'd already mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to say that, but it also gives you the opportunity to say something along the lines of like, uh, um, you know, there's just always that like, what if question, like, sure. There's a prophecy that Fjolnir would never stop coming after him, but like th- that's not prophecies don't necessarily have to come. true. And the uh, burden is on Fjolnir at that point. And, like, and then the burden would be on Fjolnir. Right. And especially if the prophecy says he will keep on coming after him, it's like, well, it, like, yeah, I, I would have been fine if, if the movie left it open and because we can assume and we can choose to write in the rest of it. It's not kind of needed, but yeah, I, and I think, I think the movie's intention is to say that he gets into Valhalla um, because he died in glorious battle. Um, oh, that's true. Because that's that's also the big qualifier is that you 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 die in battle. But I mean, I guess it's it's in battle, and the fight was pretty glorious. But like the the merits of the fight, it, maybe not being so great. Do but they not again, matter? Well, but what if you die while you're raiding that village in the beginning of the movie? Like, if you die there, do you go to Valhalla? That's not a noble fight to I go think... to a village and burn a bunch of kids. Like, well, here's the other thing that we haven't even touched on is that 
this is taking for granted the the religion of the time and the spiritual the spirituality of the time. You know, it's not like questioning whether the Nordic Nordic gods were real or anything like that. It's yes, Valhalla exists, and and uh, that's you know, and there's magic and all that. Um, so it's kind of supernatural, but like only in the sense that the people in this time in real life in 895 AD believe this to be true. So uh, I think by their standards, then yes, if he had died when he was raiding the village and setting kids on fire, he would have made it to Valhalla because he died in glorious battle. And that's what Ethan Hawke was talking about, which I don't know. Does he go to Valhalla? Man, you're asking the right questions. Um, I I guess I just never thought about it because I think the movie is trying to say yes. And again, I, I, I have a separation that of, of, I guess, I guess, I don't think he's a good person, but it sounds like we we both agree he's not a good person, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just like he he takes things to the excess, which I think you would also agree with. You know, but yeah, but yeah, I think I I just I don't know that I guess I don't know that the movie was ever trying to say that or not. I mean, just because they don't show him going in, like he's well, practically the there. Like yeah. he's practi- We can assume he makes it, and and this is a story that takes place entirely on. Earth and like a Valkyrie is writing him in. Like my question is more like, why does he deserve to go? And I think that was I think that was answered by you with, where you were saying with the he dies in glorious battle. Yeah. Battle. So this, see again, like I have said to you many times, this is why I like talking about movies because it actually helped me put two and two together and figure out what he's trying to say. Which is to me, what he did was wrong. This act of vengeance isn't justified. Robert Eggers doesn't like his characters. <laughs> Uh, his main character he thinks what what he's doing is wrong he thinks his mission is unjust but at the same time he's taking for granted the customs of the day and the beliefs of the day and in that mindset he would make it to Valhalla because he died in glorious battle um, because he's fighting for what he believes in for what he believes to be unjust and he believes vengeance is the right way Um, so it doesn't really matter in in their mind it doesn't really matter whether Ethan Hawke was or wasn't a good husband or yeah. whether or not uh, it's the right thing to for him to have left Olga, which, you know, on, in our modern standards, we say that's completely wrong, but right. well, I say that. But what's, uh, what, what's funny is like you're hinting at right now, like we're bringing in modern religious systems. Yeah, exactly. Into, into, into I mean, I don't want to say ancient because this isn't quite ancient, but like to old school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, uh, to old, you know, they didn't think about like, were you yeah. a good person when you die? It was just, did you die? You know, did you strike out looking or swinging? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's a good way to put it. If you're looking, nah. nah. If you're if you're swinging, like, all right, props. <laughs> so now you get to yeah, I'm now appreciating it on a new level where it's like working th- of the morals of the day, working through the morals of the day while also condemning it through modern lenses and being like, hey revenge like i don't believe in revenge but these people did and i'm not even sure the movie is trying to ask that question still but i really do think it is That's or okay. else why why would in the way i see it like why would they have the whole ethan hawk like why would it be that his his mission to avenge his father's death isn't as straightforward as he thought it was if it wasn't trying to make a comment on that i guess yeah i guess I and, and again knowing robert eggers previous yeah. work like there's no way he just did something that didn't have some sort of deeper meaning but um yeah i just uh 
to, to me, it just didn't cross my mind for lots of different reasons that we've, that we've discussed, but, um, but it's I really love interesting to me because it's like the main <laughs> thing that crossed my mind and the main reason I wanted to talk about it. Well, and again, remember, I'm more so thinking, uh, like I mentioned this during the, um, uh, the episode that we just recorded that we'll release after this. So I guess like, <laughs> yeah. I guess like, uh, like thoughts, like Easter egg for the future, um, mm-hmm. for the last temptation of Christ episode, but like. I was thinking of the green knight the whole way through this movie, because I was just thinking of like, this is to me what the green knight should have been. It's not what the green knight was or was intended to be. Yeah. It's just what I wanted it to be. Um, maybe a little less bloody, like a little less gory was what I was expecting and wanting the green knight to be, but a, a more relatively straightforward, less abstract and, you know, gives you everything that you need right then and there on the screen. Um, it's interesting. You know. you... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just, uh, um, I just took it as a, I guess I also just took it as a more straightforward movie than you, <laughs> but probably because I was focused on um, like just really enjoying it and wishing the Green Knight would have liked it. Well, I thought it was straightforward narratively. I just thematically is where we're getting well, different things. You're better at picking up on thematic stuff and you're better at like analyzing those things. I mean, I, I think about them, but like, I, I don't think about them frequently. It's more so just when it's like intended to be thought about them. I'm like, okay, I'll, mm. I'll think about it now. I'm, I'm driven by characters and motivations and um, and just storytelling and I not necessarily like uh, with not necessarily with every movie, especially a movie about Vikings um, and revenge about like you know who's right and and what's you know what's 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 the overall message and just like good guy kills bad guy but good guy not so great and bad guy not so bad like <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I did want to respond to what you were saying about the Green Knight, though, and that's going into this, I was expecting something closer to the Green Knight. Like, I, I was not expecting this to be so accessible, so mainstream feeling. Like, it's definitely better than a lot of stuff that we get, but, like, it's still, like we said, it's still <laughs> the way you just described it. Good guy, fight, bad guy. <laughs> that's, that's the crux of it. It's just, like, good guy, fight, bad guy. Um, yep. Where the Green Knight is, like, good guy, go on mission, and weird stuff happened you know it's like i was expecting based on the lighthouse and based on the witch i was expecting more heady stuff and didn't really get that that was my one fear going into the movie all uh Mm -hmm. was just that like knowing the director like it's advertised as the straightforward revenge tale am i gonna get there and it's gonna essentially be that for the first 15 minutes and then and then an hour and a half of something else like that was my, yeah. it, it, is it going to be a marketing ploy? Kind of like we were talking about the gray on the episode. Like you think it's yeah. going to be this. And then it's, it's, it's that for a very small portion of the movie. The movie is actually widely, vastly different. So, um, if yeah. it was that, I probably would have invited someone on my own podcast because I wouldn't have even tried to get you to see it because <laughs> I just knew that would have been your thing, but yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess I was more so expect or, or, or more so expecting just like a lot more of the middle, like him training and hmm. then, and then showing up. So that, that's one thing I did appreciate. Like he gets, to, to meet Fjolnir as an adult pretty quickly and, you know, disguises himself. And then they're like, well, why don't you just go like cut his throat? He's like, well, I got it. Prophecy. Well, first of all, prophecy, prophecy says I have to go get the sword that, you know, it, I think prophecy also said he was going to like drown him in the lake of fire. So I don't know if that just meant to like say where it was or, you know, I, I thought he was not supposed to have to kill him by the sword, but yeah. anyway, so he's like, I gotta go get the sword first, you know? And then they're like, well, let's do this methodically style. You know, like we've seen, 
a dozen times over this sort of like nemesis system from like the Lord of the Rings, like Shadow of Mordor game and Shadow oh, of War, yeah. where it's like where you have to like, all right, well let's let's kill this guy there, and then that person will replace him, and we like that guy because that person's an idiot, and then let's kill this person out here, and this person's actually our biggest threat. So if we kill that person, this person will just flake and like just uh, like it, it kind of became it kind of became that like it's like well let's start off by. You know, we're observing and we're figuring things out and all that. Let, let's have everybody take a bunch of psychedelic shrooms. <laughs> and then some people are going to be stabbing themselves. Some of the guards are like, we'll, we'll thin out the guards, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then eventually one day I'll just finish everybody off. Like it's, it's slow. It's methodical. It's, it was it's psychologically mysterious. getting at him first. Right. Right. And, uh, and it was also like, it was also one of those things too, where like I was, I was happy that like I never got the inkling until he reveals himself that anybody thought that he was still alive because mm. you know the one the one guy that loses his nose no and nose. I even think he genuinely believes that the kid like died because he didn't encounter him on the way back and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I even think he's like yeah I'm sure I I'm sure that kid's dead like but there's no reason to not believe him other than you don't see a body um, yeah so-, so here's a tiny little nitpick how did he get away from the initial attack, like when he put it on the red blanket and was trying to fit in, it cuts from him being with everyone like huddled up to him on the, on the little rowboat. And I'm like, eh, you're skipping a bit here. I don't know how he got away, but yeah, I mean, red, I mean, first of all, red is an attractive color. Lots of people be looking that way, <laughs> that too, especially a short stature. And you're looking for a kid like, yeah, yeah, but, but I think, I think just because the guy that gets his nose cut off just shows up and he's like, the kid's dead. And everybody's like, all right, cool. We're not looking for a kid anymore. Like, I think is just kind of the... Fair enough. Yeah. Everybody assumes, all right, he's dead. And then he's just able to get to the edge of a town where there's a boat. So, I I, I mean, this place wasn't that far from the sea, I don't believe. No, no. It was right on the sea. Right. So, yeah. I, I, so, it wouldn't have been a far trek. And yeah. I, um, I, I'm just more so, like, why not? You have Ethan Hawke pinned. He's got three arrows in him. You've got guards holding him. Why do you have to kill him before you send for the kid? Like, and why let him escape in the first place? Like the, the sold, like not a yeah. single person goes for that. So that was, that was the thing I was going to, if I was nitpicking during as it happened, it was just like, this is, it's not like he hears a horse coming or he hears an arrow, but like nobody can hear me. He just says run. Like it's, it's, they wanted him dead too. So they could have shot him. Well, like, do they not, do they not they care either. if the kid's dead? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if they didn't care, then they wouldn't have gone after him. You know? It's, yeah. And you get that he's the bigger threat. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. Uh, I, I don't care that much to 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 really dive into it because there's yeah. no logical reason. It's just the story has to happen. It's just what happened, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, gorgeous cinematography, um, stun, yeah, stunning cinematography and choreography. The music um, was great too. I li- the I've score was great. Yeah, to listen um, to the soundtrack. Yeah, and it, even like some of the tracking shots, like there's like the shot where um, where everybody is up on those psychedelic mushrooms, and he's just like crouched walking along the rooftops with the sword in his hand and it's like this long take mm-hmm. that just everything is in the background and you've got this this brooding shadow ahead it feels kind of like you know like a batman movie or something like that yeah um with with scarecrow fear toxin <laughs> um yeah lots lots of stuff uh to like uh, in those regards i love the costume and set designing um like especially even that one glimpse that we see that valkyrie in the fever dream thing <laughs> right um yeah where he's healing um, and the long takes even serve a purpose too like the one that we were talking about where they take over the village it shows just how quickly life could change for someone in that time period yeah like they're just they're just there minding their own business doing whatever and all of a sudden most of them are dead or taken as slaves it's like 
it it was a five minute shot maybe and these people's worlds are changed forever yeah uh the the other things too is the um yeah, i mentioned it earlier briefly but kind of just like the animalistic nature that Skarsgård brings out of this role like there's that one scene where they like have the dog have the dogs start attacking the people and so you see him like on the outskirts of the town just like like a werewolf essentially it's like that's yeah. awesome um like i love the- i love that like they really buy into the like animalistic nature of him um mm-hmm because oh, vikings and uh right. and i so I, I thought that was really cool and then um well done and then the uh um gosh i don't remember what the other thing was but i really wanted that <laughs> um oh oh just um the the runtime it's a two hour and 17 minute movie um is i left as soon as the credits were done because i had to get back here to prep for stuff i assume there's no post-credit scene i don't, I don't think so i left before they were done too okay it doesn't feel like a movie that would have it no. um but you never know um so I, um, it, it's a two hour and 17 minute movie and it just didn't feel it. Um, I mean, I was checking my watch, but it was because I knew I had to get back to record <laughs> yeah. a podcast with you that I also still had a little bit of prep work to, um, you know, and we already postponed it so I could see the Northmen can talk about it. So it was just like it's a two hour and 17 minute movie that it felt longer than a 90 minute movie, but not, but maybe like a hundred, 115. Um, certainly it felt 20 minutes shorter than what it actually was. So, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't feel the, the length either. Which, which um, is interesting. Like it's a very fast paced movie full of slow and methodical takes. Like, but it just, it just got a pace that just like, you're like, all right, we're moving. We're grooving. Let's go. Right. It, it didn't really take its time when it didn't need to. Um, well, and even the fluff serves a purpose. Like even the relationship with Anya Taylor joy, like she's helping him. And I just you know, wish she, she is essential. I agree. I just wish I almost wish there's a little bit more to do for her. Like, she was in a lot of scenes, but I we didn't quite get the romantic tension or the romantic feelings that I wanted. Um, to me, it was just like ever so slightly undercooked. Like I'll still eat that meat. It's not too pink, but it's just like I, I wish they had cooked it for like two more minutes if this was a steak. Yeah, and there, yeah, there's also like that we get the sense that like you know, we see her anguish when he leaves, and then like I get it, like you just escaped a bad situation and you're having two kids out of it, but like the way that she like just screams is like 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 they were high school sweethearts and this is like 10 years later or whatever well or like she's one like of they, what like five that wasn't killed from that group of slaves that they brought right well it's just it just i don't know just uh you're, you're right i didn't quite i i like your analogy of like the steak is is cooked it's just i would prefer it closer to i like my steak medium so yeah. i would like I would like it medium as opposed to like, is there something between rare and medium rare? I don't I, <laughs> I would like a little, I would like it a little bit more cooked through to really, to really savor everything. Yeah. That's what it's not a, it's not a five star. It's four and a half because there are just like some nitpicks and something has to like hit me per, like perfectly emotionally. Like everything ever all at once hit me on like the, this works as a story. I love the characters. I'm feeling all the emotions. I'm seeing the commentary it's doing. And like, I got all of that minus the intense emotions with the Northman. Yeah. I give this a four and a half as well, just cause I was like, yo, it's, it's not quite a perfect movie. It's still somewhat simplistic. And if it weren't so visually stunning, if it didn't have the same cinematographer or the same director, um, I would have maybe probably just given it like a three, mm. but it's, it's that much of a technical achievement. That was the thing that was just like, yeah, this is, I could just watch this movie. I don't even care what happens next. Like, I just want to like stare at it. Um, and it'll definitely so. be at, 
at uh, the top of my towards the top of my list at the end of the year. Yeah, it's number two for me right now. So I have it at three because worst person in the world technically counts as twenty twenty. Yeah, I didn't like that as much, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just behind everything everywhere all at once. Um, I it won't stay there for me. Um, it might crack my top ten. Like it might stay in my top ten, but uh, I don't I don't see it definitely not remaining at two. Sure. Um, I'm glad you liked it this much though. I did. Yeah, I really did. And uh, it's a, and it's like I said, it's a four and a half. Um, I have two movies that are four and a half this this year. That and the uh, Scream. Mm. Um, but I Scream is a watch. Scream two through five. Scream is a Scream is two through four because this is sure. um, the uh, it, it Scream is like a lower four and a half for me, and mm. uh, and this is like a solid four and a half. So it's like there could still be four and a halves that go above it, and if there's another five star, like everything everywhere all at once to the top. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, all right. Any other thoughts, final things you want to say? Uh, no, I don't think so. Love this movie. It was great. I'm glad that we were able to have this sort of conversation. And apparently I took more out of it than you did. But uh, yeah, I, I like so it that's what I, was, I was wondering. I'm like, what does he want to talk like? Because normally you're like, I really want to talk about this like for some introspective thing. And I'm like, OK, like maybe it's the camera work. Maybe he really wants to talk about the camera. Work, but I think the only other time I've come to you with like, we need to do a mini pod was Dune. And that's Dune. just because I was over the moon with how much I love that movie. And still am. Well, anytime that you get out of a movie and you're like, all right, I really need to do this. Like consider that partial payment for editing, um, and being on the podcast. One, so, cool. uh, but, uh, Oh, the one last thing I want to say is this movie mm-hmm. is dark throughout, but it never feels too dark. Like there are definitely, like, play- uh, I mean, tonally, but also like literally like okay. 80% of this movie takes place like in pitch black. Yeah. But I could see everything clearly and was never lost at who is where or what they're doing or anything like that. Like it's, it's, it's still crystal clear. So like props for managing to, to still put me in the mood of this is probably 2am, 3am and, and, uh, and I can still tell everything that's going on. So props to the camera work there again i do have to say the theater like the specific auditorium i saw it in is there's something wrong with the projector because i saw fantastic beasts there and it was too dark and this one was slightly too dark and this is going to sound like a joke but i promise it's not like when willem dafoe does what he does and smacks himself like i couldn't tell what that was for a quick second then i had to be like oh he just did that and then it was like (laughs) because of how dark it was i couldn't really tell uh it's just a frustrating theater but it's deep amc and that's my my budget i was i was surprised because i saw this at 2 30 on a monday afternoon and i had like a good amount of people in my theater like i showed up a little bit after and yeah i'm I'm happy too like i showed up a little bit after the movie actually started because i was like it's 2 30 on a monday theater will be theater will be empty because i saw x on like a friday at 2 30 like the first friday Mm -hmm. or something like that and like dead barren so i was expecting the same here and it wasn't so i'm happy nice Hopefully it makes some money. Yeah, I hope. Well, uh, Robert, uh, you want to pimp your Twitter? Yeah, just head to underscore Rob's thoughts. Anything I want you to see or read will be there. Cool. Check out Robert there. Check out me on uh, Letterboxd and Twitter at Schweitcastle. Uh, and uh, next time um, that we want to do one of these reviews, I don't know when exactly the next one is going to be. Um, probably Doctor Strange. Almost yeah, it's almost good. positively Doctor Strange. That's what, two uh, weeks from now, right? Yeah, yeah so... Two, three uh, weeks. Yeah, almost possibly. I don't know who I'll have on that yet, but uh, I'll figure it out. So, uh, all right, that'll do it. Back to the right. See you next room. time.